Welcome to You Might Relate, a podcast where we take relationships and mental health to the next level. I am Stacy Heaps, a licensed clinical social worker, and I have been practicing therapy for the last 15 years. There are counseling concepts and stories that I am excited to share. When we know better, we do better. Together, let's get to a place of radical acceptance of where we are while improving relationships and tackling life's transitions, one therapy concept and one story at a time. So let's get started to see if you relate. Welcome to You Might Relate. This is Nicole Morgan. She is a graduate from UVU with a bachelor's in psychology. So a girl of my own heart. And she lives right now in Utah County. She's working in administration as she puts her husband through school. He's getting his master's in social work. And she has an almost two-year-old boy. She loves music, singing, and right now especially reading. So, Nicole, thank you for coming. The reason I really wanted to have you on is because November is National Adoption Month. And I worked in adoption for about 10 years. I love the birth moms that I worked with. I love the couples that I worked with. And I love the birth fathers that I worked with. I miss that work. I don't hear a lot of adoptions anymore. And I just want to showcase what an awesome experience it could be for you, the birth father, and the son that you guys had together. His name is Crosby. Anyway, welcome, Nicole. Can you tell us a little bit about how you grew up? Because I understand that you were adopted as well. Yes. Yep. I was adopted as well from a very young age. I was two days old when I was placed with my family in Utah. So I didn't travel very far. I've just been here. Was it through LDS Family Services? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was through LDS Family Services, which is who... We also went through to place Crosby, so kind of this circle going on here. I was adopted very young, just like Crosby, kind of similar stories in that regard. Did you know much about your adoptive parents, or sorry, your birth parents growing up? So really, I was given very basic information. It was a closed adoption. I was given paperwork that basically just stated demographical kind of information, so how old they were when they placed me for adoption. They were Caucasian, they had green eyes, blue eyes, how many siblings they had, very basic kind of knowledge. I knew their hobbies and their interests, but I really didn't know much else after that. It was super closed. My parents, the parents that adopted me, so my parents is very yes, first. Yes, parents. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they let me know from a very young age that I was adopted. And they told me that really as soon as I was talking and could comprehend some of these topics, that they were telling me that I was adopted. So there was never a time in my life where I have not had that knowledge. I have always known that, which I think is key in to how I was raised and different beliefs I had about myself. How do you think that helped you knowing that you were adopted growing up? I was very thankful that was information that they were upfront with. They never kept that from me. And so having that information, knowing that, I feel like I was secure in my relationship with my parents, that they didn't withhold that information. It helped provide 
I would say, trust and stability that they were never keeping a secret from me. I do think, and I'm sure we'll get into this as we go along, that there is a huge shift between closed and open adoptions. We have open adoptions are pretty much the way people go these days. And so I think the fact that mine was closed was difficult for me growing up, just not knowing where I came from, but actually knowing that I was adopted. And I just don't know any different. It sounds like you're saying, I wish it could have been open because I would have had more information or known do you look like your birth mom or birth father or have um, similar mannerisms or personality traits? Sure. So I don't really know much about my birth father. I have not connected with him really in any significant manner. I have connected with my birth mother and people say that we look alike. Those kind of simple things. I can't see it, but I also can't see that my own child looks like me. It's hard to <laughs> see what other people see. You just recently met her, is that right? Yeah, so I met her in person for the first time. It was actually right after Crownsby's birthday. That's kind of what encouraged me to just reach out to her and make it happen. I just texted her and I said, I know we've been talking about this for a while, but I would really like to just make this happen and actually meet you in person. And so we did that Saturday after his birthday, and it was a good experience. Honestly, we spent a lot of time just talking about adoption in general and just how different it is. From her back 30 years ago, it was way different than how it was for me eight years ago. And in a good way, I think. I was able to find my birth family through Ancestry DNA. Oh, I did the well, that's how you did it? There. Yes. Huh? Well, it's actually kind of funny is that I had tried to find any information I could about her when I was my early 20s, 18, 19, 20 years old. But I had several things that had stopped that from going forward. And I just decided maybe it wasn't the right time. And so I put it off for several years. And then that I think it was 2017 or 2018, I did the ancestry DNA thing. And that's finally when it all came together. And I think the timing was really good for all of it. Let's start from the beginning, Nicole. How old were you when you got pregnant? What was your relationship like? And you don't have to say anything you feel uncomfortable, you know, saying, but what was your relationship with birth father? Yeah. How old were you and what were you doing in life? Maybe start there. I think I was 23 or 24 when I met the birth father. It was a pretty quick relationship. I found out I was pregnant and we actually weren't together at the time when I found out I was pregnant. We were still hanging out, had still seen each other, been around, but we were not currently together when I found that out. So you had broken up at that point. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And to be honest, I have no negative feelings towards him. I only want the best for him. I think that we just had two personalities that did not mesh well together. So yeah, we weren't currently together when I found that out. I, of course, told him immediately. In fact, I think he was the one that encouraged me to take a pregnancy test in the first place. I was a little bit in denial. I was still enrolled in school at the time. I don't think I was currently enrolled in any classes when I found out I was pregnant. I did continue through the pregnancy. I did take one or two semesters of school just online. So I was a student. I tried not to let my schooling 
get away from me. That is that was something that was very important to me at the time. So I continued in school while I was pregnant. Finding out I was pregnant was scary for obviously for a lot of reasons. I think finding out you're pregnant for the first time in general is scary, whether you are single or married. There's just so many questions. You've never experienced it before. Mm-hmm. So finding that out, but also being, you know, not even in a real committed relationship with the child's father, you know, not married or anything that added a little bit to it, added to the fear of what's going to happen. And culturally too, like, how are my peers going to look at me? How's my family going to look at me? So it was very scary. I think the birth father and I are pretty lucky that we had very supportive friends and family that were supportive of the idea of adoption. So yeah, that was the beginning of all of it. So yeah, tell me, you know, I would run birth mom groups. In those groups, we would ask them, so what was the worst part? It would be like when I had to tell my mom or when I had to tell my dad. How was that for you? Oh, goodness. Well, to get the full picture of that, I think I need to back up just a little bit. Like I mentioned, I was, I think, in denial that I could possibly even be pregnant. So I was sick for a couple of weeks and I just thought I had some weird flu or something. Okay. Like, there's no way I'm pregnant. I was not feeling well. And, you know, looking back on it now, my mom could obviously see that something was going on. She could tell that I was going to work and I was carrying a box of saltine crackers with me. So that's all I could eat. And she, of course, didn't say anything, but it was probably pretty obvious to her. So I came home from work one day and I took the pregnancy test. It was positive. So I immediately told Stephen, I texted him and I said, it's positive. I'll take another test tomorrow, but this one's positive. And he came over and we talked about it. And mutually, we decided we did not want to say anything to our families until we together had made a decision on what we were going to do. Oh, really? Whether that was adoption or trying to work out our relationship to co-parent or get married. We really just wanted that solidified before we talked to anybody. I think we both had a pretty good idea that adoption was was the ultimate plan here, but we wanted to make sure that we knew we had the plan before we told anybody. That didn't happen. What ended up happening is I came home from work one day and I immediately went to my room because I was avoiding my parents. I didn't want to talk to them and not out of, I don't want to have anything to do with you, but I was afraid that I would spill the beans. Sure. So I would lock myself in my room and, you know, my mom came to my room one time and just knocked on the door and I opened it and I went and laid back in my bed and I don't even know specifically what she said. I can't remember something along the lines of what's going on. You haven't been yourself. You've been hiding out in your room. We barely see you. What's going on? And I just, I'm pregnant. <laughs> like There was really no other way to say it. I just said, I'm pregnant, mom. She was emotional and started crying. My first instinct, I wouldn't say was to cry, but was more almost. And I can't even say that it was anger, but it was just please, like begging, please don't be mad. Please, I just, I don't want anybody upset with me. So that's how that went. I think we went out to the living room and we talked for a little while. And then she's the one that told my dad. Did you ask her to tell your dad or did she say, I'll tell your dad? (laughs) I don't remember, I think. 
I think he came home while I was talking to my mom and she just said, I was right. She knew a mom knows, especially like I said, when I like barely eating anything and, you know, the generic saltine cracker was my go-to meal for that few weeks. And to be honest, from the very beginning, they were very supportive. I left that night feeling like it's going to be okay. They just said, you know, we love you. We know this is hard. We support you. Let's just try and go in a better direction from here on. Let's try and make something positive of this experience. So if if there's any moms out there who have daughters who tell them that they're pregnant, whether they're 16 or and you were 23 mm-hmm. at this point, it mm-hmm. sounds like your mom did an excellent job in listening Mm-hmm. and loving and not yelling or accusing you mm-hmm. of being anything or she was emotional of course this is not the the greatest news that you want to get on a random Thursday night or whatever exactly. you know but ultimately after that initial reaction it was just love and support good job mom so now your parents know what were their thoughts and what your decision should be And I had told them, Stephen and I are pretty serious about going the adoption route. And so their first thoughts were because they had this experience with adopting me through LDS Family Services, that they said, you you need to call them tomorrow and and with somebody and get your resources and get any answers that you need. And yes, the following day, I was on the phone with the LDS Family Services got an appointment scheduled for probably the following week. And it was funny because when I called the person and I just said, hi, I need to speak to someone about adoption. It was very vague. And they were like, oh, well, I mean, we have some information about families looking to adopt. And I was like, no, I'm pregnant and I need to, I want to place my baby for adoption. I need that information. And that shifted the conversation like, oh, well, let's get you in as soon as we can. It was crisis (laughs) mode, right? And so, yeah, I think it was probably a week later so that I was heading over to the center that they have down in Provo. The name is slipping my mind right now, but I went over in, in Provo, close to BYU campus, and met with someone who was probably doing, I'm guessing what you have been doing or similar to what you're doing, who has just guided me through the process, helped me look at families. She gave me just encouragement. She just helped me through the entire adoption process, truly. And so did you take Stephen with you or was that mostly just for you or where was his role in the process? Sure. So that first time I went, that was just myself. Okay. I do know that he came a few of the times, but most mostly it was me. And I don't think that was out of him not wanting to or not being supportive. It was just my preference of I'm talking to my counselor about things and I just I want to do it by myself. There's a lot going on here internally that I need to to talk to someone about without other people around. Sure. It's almost like he probably needed his own therapist. You yeah. needed your own therapist, but it needed to be completely separate. Right? Yeah. And and that's one thing that I do wish there was more support of uh, was for the birth fathers because they do have things that they're experiencing and dealing with as well yeah. that's different than what a birth mom is feeling and experiencing. Yeah, it's, there's so many feelings and I'm sure there are with mm-hmm. his side too. 
Yeah, definitely. So how far along were you at this point that when you went into LDS Family Services? Probably about two months. Oh, so pretty early. Yeah, I think I went to LDS Family Services before I even had my first doctor's appointment. I kind of put the doctor's appointment off because that was going to make it a lot more real. I don't suggest that. As soon as you think you're pregnant, you should be going to the doctor. But I was in not a great state of mind. So yeah, I, I went there quickly. And then in a way that was good because my counselor was able to recommend OBGs that had worked with women who had placed babies. Oh, So I was able to find a doctor who had had experience working with women who had placed babies for adoption, which made me feel a lot more comfortable going to those appointments. It is important for people because sometimes there's a stigma that if you place your baby for adoption, that maybe you don't want your baby. Right. And that just could not not be further from the truth. Very far from the truth. The decisions made are made out of love, not out of I'm trying to get out of responsibility or trying to get out of parenting. I would have loved to parent and be present and have that opportunity. The, The stage I was at in my life, I was not in a good place mentally, financially, any of that to be able to adequately raise a child. But that doesn't mean, you know, that I love him any less or that my decision was made because I didn't want to deal with it. That's not the case at all. So what finalized it for you? I mean, because you came to the conclusion, you and Stephen, about probably placing for adoption. But was there some back and forth? Were you going to these groups and thinking, well, this time maybe I could parent or maybe... Hey, me and Stephen are getting along okay, so maybe we can make this work. Or what was that like in making the decision? The decision to adopt came pretty early. I think the first time I met with Stephen is when we first talked about it. There was a period of time where we decided, let's actually give this a go. Let's actually see if we can work well together as a couple, potentially get married and raise this baby. So we did get back together briefly for maybe a month or so after I found out I was pregnant. There was a time that I was honestly just sitting in my room listening to music and I just got this overwhelming feeling that I was not meant to marry Stephen. That was just not the path my life was supposed to take. There wasn't anything necessarily that he did or didn't do. I just, there was no confirmation ever really that I should marry him. And I got that confirmation that that just wasn't the path that I was meant to take. Mm -hmm. And so from that day, and I remember approaching him and just saying, I really truly think that adoption is the best option for us and for this baby. And he agreed. There was really no arguing or pushing back. I think we both had that same feeling Even though we really wanted to try and give it a go, I just think we both knew it was not ultimately what was going to work out best for everybody. Okay, Mm -hmm. so now you're going to group. You have this counselor who's helping you look at couples. Tell me about that process. How long, how many couples did you look at before you found a couple? So that's, and this is something that has changed a lot. But when it was time to start looking at families, 
it honestly felt like I was looking at dating profiles, like log onto this website and there are just profiles of families that they have pictures and they talk about themselves and their hobbies and if they have other kids. And you're just kind of scrolling through and you can put on filters of different things. So I would put on filters of how old I was and how far along I was and that I wanted this child to have a family that already had kids and had siblings. So I could put in little things that I knew that were important to me for the baby to have. I was probably about six or seven months pregnant, maybe not quite, when I was starting to look through families. And I came across several profiles. Obviously, Jake and Angie's popped up for me. There was only really one other couple that I reached out to, and it wasn't even very, it was very preliminary. It was like, hi, my name's Nicole. I'm pregnant. I just wanted to get to know a little bit more about you. Like, it was didn't really get past that point. And actually, when I emailed them, they responded that they had already adopted and basically forgot to take their profile down threw me for a little bit of a loop. But I just kept coming back to Jake and Angie's profile. And I just, there was something about it. And I felt very calm and peaceful when I looked at their profile and their pictures. And so I reached out to them and yeah, they got back to us and it was really exciting. And once I started corresponding with them, I never really looked at anybody else. It was pretty clear from the beginning that this was the family that Crosby was meant to be with. Were you mostly leading in the choosing or did Stephen get to also help or? If I remember correctly, I think we both pretty much had similar ideas of the qualities and the different things that were important to us for the family to have. Okay. So I would look through profiles and I'd send them to him and I would say, what do you think about this family or whatever? And so I definitely passed it by him first before we reached out. And when you reach out, you have to go through, I think, your counselor first. And so I had to tell her and she had to pass along information. And so it wasn't like the guy was just sending off a bunch of emails and everything. But yeah, he definitely had a say in it as well. What was it like to meet him for the first time? Oh, I was nervous. I was very nervous. I think we met at the the same center that I had been meeting with my counselor. There's just a little nice little meeting area. I, I sat down. I met with them for a little while. So you met them and you felt good about them? Yeah, pretty early on. I think before I even met them, I could just tell through our emails that they were just a really great wonderful family and had all the qualities and then some that that I was looking for the baby. So they fit that plus there was some other fun surprises. Mm-hmm. What yeah. were some of your surprises about them? I was very excited about the idea that Angie herself was adopted yes. because then she could relate to him even more that she could talk about the things that are difficult that can be difficult coming from an adoption or being an adopted person. So that was something that was very, I was excited about to know that he could have that guidance as well. And just really how amazing and incredible that family is. You can't find a better family out there. They're awesome. It's scary. It's cool. And thinking, what do they think of me? Do they think I'm just a girl that has been on this bad path and that they're gonna just take this child and then go on with their lives and that's not at all how it's been I couldn't have asked for a better family to have placed him with 
And you knew that you wanted an open adoption. Yes, no, that definitely was. And that's a good point that I wanted an open adoption because there were some families that were not okay with an open adoption. And so I had to toggle that little filter that said, I want it open. And that would filter even more families out of it if they didn't want it. Logistically, and I Mm -hmm. think even legally, they could have said, yeah, we're going to do open adoption. And then there's nothing legal that binds them to that, at Mm -hmm. least in the state of Utah. And so you are really going on trust that they are Mm -hmm. people of their word. Anyway, I just I applaud the couples that Mm -hmm. keep their word and then go above and beyond because without the birth parents, you wouldn't be a parent, at least to that child. Yeah. And you do have to really trust that's what's going to happen. And for me, it did. And I'm really lucky. When I do work with couples who have adopted, they'll say, gosh, I don't think I should keep sending pictures because I think it just Mm -hmm. hurts them. And I say, send the pictures. And then if it does hurt them, they don't have to look at them or they can tell you. But until you get word that it hurts them, I promise it doesn't hurt them. I think it's just confirmation that their baby's doing well and that they did a good job. It confirms their decision in choosing that family, right? Oh, 100%. I think that I can't even comprehend what birth parents were feeling when the 80s and 90s or however long that they just had to trust that their baby was okay. And I'm so lucky that Jake and Angie have been very open about pretty much everything that's been going on with Crosby and how he's doing. And they actually did an Instagram page for Crosby that only a few people could see. It was private, but they felt like that was the easiest way and a good way for us to keep updated. And it was awesome. They they told me this actually before I even had Crosby. So I knew that this was something that they had planned. And the night I got home from the hospital, they posted the first picture. And that picture means the world to me because I left the hospital that day with without a child. And I wanted to make sure that he was okay. And that picture saved me that day, to be honest, because I wanted more than anything to just tuck him in or give him his last bottle or something and just hoping he's okay. And I see this picture of him and just being loved by his family and his siblings and his parents. And it was just like, okay, they let me know that he's okay. I can make it through these next few days. Tell me about your birth story. Did you have a hospital plan? Oh, man, I didn't have a very specific plan in mind. I knew that for the the two days that I was at the hospital, that I just wanted it to be me and my family. Stephen obviously came and saw him as well. I know some birth moms have invited the adoptive families to be in the hospital during those couple of days. I decided that I wanted to have those two days to myself and because they get the rest of their life uh, to be with them. So I had those two days with me and that was really the only sure thing that I had in my plans. But were they at the birth? No, I decided to let them, when placement day, I guess is what we technically call it, is the first day that they would be there at the hospital. Got it. I'd love to hear your part of what you did in those hospital for those couple of days after Mm -hmm. he was born. Yeah. So my water broke early one morning and and it was actually on his due date. You know, the doctor had been checking and, and she was like, you're not ready. Like, you still have a good week or so. 
Huh? But uh, the next day, the next morning, my water broke and they actually said he looked like he was probably overdue. So I don't know when his actual, you know, due date was. But anyway, so my water broke. They had to use Pitocin to get me going. And so that was like at five or six in the morning. And then by two, I think he was born. I had my brother was there. My parents were there. My mom was in the room with me when I gave birth to him, which I thought was really special. Mm. And it's a really kind of a surreal feeling when you've had a child. It's kind of awkward too. Like, what do I don't really know what to do. And you have to have guidance from all these people around you. But they were all very respectful and aware of the fact that I was placing Crosby. So the nurses that came in to check me, the doctors that came in were aware of that fact and were respectful of it. And I think it was the second day after he was born that Stephen came to visit him for the first time. I had a photographer come in who very graciously donated her time to come and take pictures for us. And so I have some really sweet pictures from that day that she took of him and of me with him and of Stephen with him. And it was just a a really good couple of days. The day I had him was the best day of my life. The day I placed him was probably the worst Worst. for obvious reasons, but I truly was happy. I was happy that he was here and he was healthy. I knew that the following days were going to be very difficult. I'm not one to get emotional and cry very much, but that first night after he was born and my parents had all gone home and I was there by myself, I just cried and had the first probably really good cry that I had in a long time. And that was at the hospital? I was at the hospital. And you were by yourself at that point. Mm. Yes, I was by myself. I don't even think Crosby was in the room with me. I think the nurses had taken him to the nursery for a little while. I was truly alone. And I remember the thought came into mind because I had been pregnant for several months. This is the first time that I have really actually been alone because I wasn't growing a child inside of me in a really long time. And it was heavy. It was, I was really sad in that moment. And then, you know, they brought him in and I pick myself back up and I be the role that I need to be in that moment. But it's one of those cries that just really needed to happen. I'm so glad you said that. And I'm so glad you had that cry and didn't stuff it or shove it down. Honestly, one piece of advice to people is if you feel like you need someone there, don't be afraid to ask. It's okay to need help in those moments. That's such good advice. I would say the exact same thing with The experiences I've had with birth moms I've worked with. Ask for the help. Ask for the pictures. That's so important. How did you choose the name? They probably came up with the name, but did you have a different name for him? And you don't have to tell us on here. Or did you ask them, what's the name? And then they chose it? Or how did that go? Oh, oh gosh. I told them they get to pick the name. They get to choose. I know my birth mom had a name picked out for me that she referred to me as, but then my family picked an entirely different name. I didn't want that. I just wanted him to have the same name for all of us. And they chose a wonderful name, I think. And I really just wanted them to have that. I didn't want to take any piece of that away from them. Okay. I love it. So let's go into placement day. So tell me how that was, because that's also the day that you sign your Mm -hmm. rights away, Mm -hmm. not 
your love away, but your <laughs> rights mm-hmm. to parent Crosby. Uh, tell me about that day, because I know it's awful. It was the hardest day of my life, probably up to this point. My day is honestly something that there are big parts of it that I have walked away tight and that I don't really think about or talk about too much. Since I had him around one or two o'clock, that was the time that I was gauging that I had till until I had to leave. So I think I invited them probably around 10 or 11 that day, just a few hours before I reached that 48 hour point. They came and they saw him. It was, as you can imagine, very emotional for them too to see him for the first time. They held him. It was beautiful. They were very respectful of me as well, letting me still continue to hold him and cuddle him and give him his kisses and all of that. I think it doesn't matter who the family is that you choose or who you are as a birth mom, but there was this feeling of, are they just going to take him? And I'm just sitting there with what? Or are they going to take him and then never talk to me again? I truly didn't believe that was going to happen, but there's always this little piece in your brain that is scared. And it was so terrifying. I thought I'm going to hand them to him and they're never even going to look at me again. But Mm. they came in and they had gifts for me, which that helped me. I thought, oh my gosh, they thought to get me gifts? I was honestly surprised. This minky, just gorgeous blanket. They got me like a stuffed really big stuffed bear. They also gave one to Crosby. That's another thing that I slept with for several years after this, but they were small tokens, but it just made me think they do care. They are thinking about me. I knew that, but it confirmed it. So just little things like that were really helpful. They had brought someone in to, to take pictures of that day. And I think I've looked at those pictures maybe One time, I haven't been able to look at them again. They're very difficult. I am sure one day I will. I have not shown anyone those pictures. I just can't do it. It's just really difficult to relive some of those very intimate moments. But yeah, I remember handing him over to probably Jake, I think it was. And I just, I remember saying, I'm not going to say goodbye. I'm going to say see you later because this can't be a goodbye. I know, (laughs) you know, I'll see you guys later, hopefully. Then we left the hospital and I was wheeled out in a wheelchair like they do sometimes for birth moms. And it was a really pretty day. And I just remember, and and I think this is important for me to say, and I hope nobody takes it the wrong way, but I think it's important for people to know that it's okay to feel almost a little sense of relief in those moments. And I felt so guilty leaving the hospital, feeling a little bit of relief in just that, okay, you've made it through this day. You placed him, you're on your way home. Yes, it was the hardest thing you've ever had to do, but now we can move forward. And I think it's okay to feel a little bit of just a breath of, okay. I think people get stuck in this mindset of, at least I know I did, of I almost need to punish myself. I've done something wrong, so I need to punish myself a little bit for that. But that that little bit of relief, I felt so guilty about it. And I just think, you know, if other birth moms feel that it's okay to feel like that you're going to be okay, you don't have to punish yourself if even any of that makes sense. Oh, I totally think that makes sense. And I'm so glad this is such a, I love the details that you are giving because I think that could be true for almost anything. There's this buildup of something that's going to be super hard, super painful. And then after, 
oh, I did it. It was a relief. And it's not a relief that I don't have my kid anymore. It's a relief. I just did the hardest thing I'll ever have to do in my whole life. Also, I'm relieved that my child is being taken care of by a good family. Yeah, definitely. And feelings of guilt, I think, are very prevalent in, I think, the adoption community in general. And I really want people to get rid of that stigma a little bit that you don't need to feel guilty if you do. Like, I think that's totally normal, but it's also totally normal to have those feelings of relief and looking forward to what the next years can bring. That's okay. Yes, I love that. And I like to say Guilt it is a feeling that we should have when we do something wrong. If yeah. you didn't do something wrong, let's choose a different feeling to feel. So let's think. Instead of guilt, what would you say that the guilt would be from? Just not feeling this complete, utter sadness that you don't have your child with you? or Because I know that you had that too. What do you think the guilt was coming yeah. from? I think that a lot of the guilt was that I made that decision in general to police. I knew that there would be people that would say, why didn't you decide to parent the child? Why did you make that decision? So maybe a little bit of guilt with that. Even if you know you made the right decision, those feelings can still creep in your brain sometimes. I, I didn't ask you this, but in the hospital when you had those lovely days with him, did you have a thought that said, Never mind. I'm parenting. Oh, my gosh. I fought really hard to not let those thoughts creep into my head. There there was this, a moment where my mom and I were in the hospital and she was just holding him. And we both could mutually acknowledge that this was going to be a very difficult thing that we were about to do. Because this does affect my family as well. They love Crosby. You know, everybody loves him. And so... There was a moment for some of us where it was just, oh, are we really going to go through with this? And I felt like I almost had to be the the strong one, I guess, for lack of a better term, of making sure that this went through because I did know and I had so much confirmation that this was the right decision to be made. And so I had to go to the hospital and almost put a shield on that just would not even let those thoughts into my brain. I the best decision was for Crosby to be placed. And I'm glad ultimately that we all made that decision together. Sometimes that happens. They have an adoption plan and hours or a day before the birth mom or the or somebody in the family says, okay, 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 I don't want to see my daughter in pain or I don't want to see my son in this pain. I'll promise to help. And then they swoop in and they change plans. And then for the adoptive couple, we call that a failed placement. Who's to say what's right or wrong? But when you've already made a plan in your right mind, non-emotional, but just your logical, your wise mind that the adoption is the best way to go, then sometimes those emotions can creep up and try to change it. So good for you for being the strong one. Thank you. I definitely had to to work hard to separate the emotion from the logical side of my brain. But again, like I said, it's I'm just really happy that the outcome is what it is. Can you talk a little bit about what would be some reasons why someone would choose adoption? Yeah, that's a really good question, a really good thought. 
I think for me, I had been adopted and, and I knew how wonderful my life was. I obviously had some struggles. It wasn't perfect. And I think the struggles did stem from coming from a closed adoption. I just knew that I wanted this child to be in a home with parents who loved each other and were going to, he was going to be raised by both of them and they had the priesthood in the home. So the religious aspect was really important to me as well. If he was just with me and I knew that I didn't have a long-term relationship with his father, I was worried what that would look like and how he would feel. And I knew that there was just things that I could not provide for him. Financially, I was not in a great space mentally. And bringing a child into that situation, I personally felt would be really selfish. I was so sure that my decision was the correct decision for Crosby that it, I didn't really allow myself to go back on it. And that doesn't mean that I wasn't heartbroken and missing him every second of every day. I was trying to look at who I was as a person during that phase of my life. And I was not in a good space to be raising a child. And I just had to keep reminding myself that I made the, the best decision for everybody here. I didn't really look back on it. I knew I just had to look forward. Good for you, Nicole. Okay, so you get home, Crosby's born, you have a hard, I say the hardest part is the all those firsts that you're not there for, the first tooth, the first crawl, the first walk, and how was that for you? In the beginning, it was really difficult, just feeling, oh, I wish I could be there for the first walking or the crawling or whatever. But they had sent so many pictures and I had seen so many videos that that it alleviated some of that heartache, just being able to at least see it happen. But again, it was just like I just had to remind myself that this is something that you chose months ago or years ago whenever he was born. And you knew when you made that decision that it was going to be painful. So how are we going to deal with it when these situations come up? And just knowing that I need to be prepared and what am I going to do and what are my tools for when these situations happen? And once I figured out what worked for me, I was able to manage it a lot better. But yeah, that does take some time. It's pretty painful in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So what are the tools that you feel like helped you the most? That's a good one. Like you mentioned earlier, honestly, reading. So just kind of getting out of this whatever headspace I was in and just sitting down either with a good inspirational book or just any novel to just check out for a little while. Maybe that's not the best word to say, checking out, but just sometimes I have to. I just have to unplug and be in a different world for a little while until I'm capable of handling what's going on. So I read a lot. I would write too. So journaling was really big for me. Also, while I, while I was pregnant, I journaled a lot. Pretty much every day I was writing in a journal, just getting my thoughts out onto paper, which is really good to look back on now too, to see how far you've come. That can be inspirational as well. Super. I leaned a lot on my family. If I was having a hard time, I had to sometimes reach out to my mom and say, "This today is not a good day. I need, I need a little bit of help getting through this day. And so making sure that you have a really good support system, whether that's your family or your friends, 
And, you know, now that I'm married, that's my husband. And when I have hard days and he also knows what the hard days are, he's been one I can lean on. And that's been that way for years. I've been with him for almost seven years. And so for most of Crosby's life, he has also been my pillar of support and someone that I can lean on. And so that was really huge as well. You know, something I like to teach people is when they have these feelings, these difficult feelings like guilt or sadness. And and like you're saying, should I be feeling this way? I like mm-hmm. to or offer them to what do I want to feel right now? Yeah. I really get to feel what I want to feel. And there's mm-hmm. no right or wrong way to feel it. So if I want to feel guilty for it, especially if I did something wrong, then I'm right. going to feel guilty for it. And if I want to feel happy that this is my baby that I get to bring home, I am going to feel happy. So what feeling do I want to feel right now? And we can access those feelings just by saying, I want to have that feeling. Mm -hmm. I want to feel this. Oh, what would it be like? What do I have to think in order to have that feeling? And then we don't have to cause ourselves so much suffering. Anyway, mm-hmm. I just wanted to offer that to some of our listeners mm-hmm. if they find themselves in situations. And what do you want Crosby to know? What is something that you would, if he ever watches back this podcast or listens to it, what would you want to tell him? First and foremost, that I love him so much and words really can't d- describe the feelings I have for Crosby. And, you know, he made me a mom. I may not be the mom that parented him, but he still made me a mom. And he really saved me in so many ways because I was in such a dark space in that time of life. Mm -hmm. And him coming along just inspired me to be a better person for Crosby, for whoever was in my future at the time. And so if, you know, I would want Crosby to know that he saved me in so many ways and I'm excited to see what he grows up to do, how he grows up and what changes he makes in the world, because I know he's going to be just a wonderful person. I'm hopeful that I can be someone that he knows he can come to that loves and supports him no matter what. Just any decision I've ever made regarding him has been purely out of love and just for his best interest in mind. I love that. Oh, this whole adoption story is so beautiful. I just thank you for getting on here and being vulnerable and sharing all these feelings that you've had about the hardest thing that you'll ever do in your life. Once you do this, you can just do anything. After you place your baby in someone else's arms to be raised, what is there that's harder than that? You can do anything, anything you set your mind to. So is there anything else that you can think of that would be a help to either party? That you truly just need to make the best decision for yourself and for that child. And that may be adoption, that may be parenting or getting married or what what have you. My situation is unique to me and me only. And that was the best decision for me. And I would not want anyone to ever think that I was telling everybody that adoption is the only right decision, you know, it's different for everybody and that it's okay to make those different decisions. Just keep yourself and your child's best interests in mind is what I would have to say. That is the perfect way to end this because yes, we aren't saying that adoption is for everyone. We're just saying this is your story. 
it's the right thing for your child and you to parent, co-parent, get married, then do that. Yes. Mm -hmm. But we also want to honor birth parents. And just so everyone knows, birth Mother's Day is the day before Mother's Day, because without birth moms, there wouldn't be mothers. So if you want to honor a birth mom, please remember her on birth Mother's Day, which is the Saturday before Mother's Day. Anyway, Nicole, thank you so much for being on here. I really appreciate it. I think you're going to help a lot of people who are either have kids who are pregnant and deciding and couples who are listening, who are want hoping to adopt as well as birth parents. And so thank you so much for being here. Yes. Thank you for having me. I was really glad to, uh, to share my story and hopefully it will reach the right people that it can help. It certainly will. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me today on You Might Relate. I hope this topic brought understanding and insight. And if you can relate to something in today's episode, subscribe and leave a review. I would love, love, love to hear your thoughts. Also, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at You Might Relate Podcast. And be sure to share this episode with your friends. The more understanding we create, the better we are as humans. You are in charge of your day, so go make it a good one. Catch you next time.